Hello and welcome to a very special episode of the Peter Mackay Motorsport Podcast. Today I am with JCW Mini Challenge driver Ronan Pearson, a local driver here in Edinburgh in Scotland. Now, Ronan, welcome to the show. Great to have you back. It, we were saying before the broadcast, we were saying that uh, seems a lifetime ago that we were chatting uh, last time in December when you were testing the Mini before the season. Yeah, I know. Thank you. Thank you, Peter. It's good to be back. It's uh, You're right. It does seem like a lifetime ago, and uh, especially in this crazy, crazy um, 2020. We, we couldn't really see what was ahead of us when we did that first podcast. Uh, but yeah, it's good to be back. I could imagine. Of course, last year, you had an incredibly successful year winning the uh, Renault Clio Cup and now progressing to the British Touring Car Championship paddock live racing on the television on ITV4 at the weekend and obviously going into a highly competitive championship in the Mini Challenge tell us about your decision to move from uh, once after winning the Clio Cup the decision to why did you choose the Mini Championship and just give our listeners an impression about what you and your family have got to go through to try and put that that deal in place to to be able to go and compete so we made the, the decision um, to move up because it was our sort of our only choice really um, I've proven myself um, and the next stage next step for me after that was to break into the Toka package um, we did have a clear route back in a year and a half ago when the Clio Cup was still running before they announced that it was no longer um, going ahead after 2019 we were always going to step up to that so obviously our our sights and aims changed um, and yeah the, the minis were announced to be on the Toka package as of this year um, and really it was kind of pushed by some some sponsors really that this is where we need you to be we want you to be uh, where you deserve to be really Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, yeah, as long as providing we could get some sort of package together, it was a, a no-brainer that that's that that was always going to be the next step for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and and to give people an, an impression um, of of the step up. Um, to be honest, I think I'm still trying to, to find the words and, and sum up how big a a change in level it is Mm -hmm. um, in every aspect. Um, Yeah, it's it's just like night and day um, from from what we've been doing. Now, that's, I would say, just the the off-track side of things um, has been the biggest change. Um, On track, you know, it was always a guarantee that the grid would be full and really close and competitive racing um, the level of that from where I've come from yeah that's 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 increased um, it's harder it's more competitive um, as shown by from the first weekend there um, where I think the, the top 16 of us or something were were covered by 1.5 seconds um, and I finished race 
race two and in, in 15th um, and my lap time was was nine tenths off the quickest um, in that race um, so yeah it, it's very close but it's more the off track side of things um, like you're trying to find the budget um, your commercial side of things trying to put a package together to actually be able to do this and during, you know, obviously during pre-season and then into, obviously into lockdown, which basically extended the pre-season far more than I think anyone would like. Give us a, give us an idea. Obviously, you've got some brilliant, uh, like you say, you mentioned the commercial aspect. You've got some, uh, a, a, a select few people who have been instrumental to getting you and the car on, on the grid. Tell us about who they are, how you approach them, how those kind of, relationships came together and how do you go about that as a young racing driver to go to you know business people and say you know help me out i can i can give you value in return yeah um you're absolutely right there peter um some instrumental sponsors um to be able to allow me to do what i'm doing um i I say it all the time but without them it's just not possible um the, I think it's kind of kind of clear through social media, etc. That the biggest biggest driver um, of, of things, um, the most in, instrumental sponsor partner of mine um, is William Walk, Edinburgh Limited. Um, Alan Alan Walk, um, he's just incredible. Um, the opportunities that he's given me. Um, but I've got so many sponsors now um, who are all a, a massive part of this to get me out on the grid. Um, I've got JRF, uh, Johnson Riggin Fife, um, Cobra Sport, Rentec Autocare, um, D&J Recycling Limited. Um, I, I, I think I've got, I've got, we've actually done so well, so well. Um, to have all these partners on board, um, Apex Networks—that's that's my dad. Um, yeah, it's it's huge to have such a. It means a lot to have all the, these companies backing, um, the backing from them to be able to to do this. Um, yeah, again, I can't say thank you enough to them all, um, and really. With motorsport, the, the more years you go through it, you do find that it's, it's who you know to mm-hmm. a point. It is pretty tough. It's so hard to find new sponsors um, that know exactly what you're doing and, and want to be involved. Um, you know, through the winter, work tirelessly to, to find new sponsors um, come on board. Obviously, it's a lot more difficult now with the circumstances of this year mm-hmm. to acquire new sponsors. Um, so, it's, yeah, for me, for me, it's a constant battle, um, budget-wise. Um, I'm always trying to trying to find more sponsors, more partners. Um, but yeah, it's it's going really, really well. Oh. That that side of things. And rightly so. I remember when I when I was uh, in my past life, when I was a salesman, I always remember that sort of 
trepidation you would feel in the pit of your stomach when you go into a new customer for the first time not knowing what to happen and you go, are they going to be nice to me are they not are they going to kick me out like <laughs> you just never knew what yeah. it was like for you as a, you know the, the as you as a, as, as a young racing driver what do potential sponsors when you're speaking to them and telling them what you can do together what sort of questions are they asking you or what what do they want to know it's it's all about how you can help them how you can you know raise awareness of their brand promote mm. their brand what they can get back from investing in me and mm-hmm. um, becoming partners of of me um but that's that's the only way to go through your your motorsport careers approaching these companies and it's the less about me the better you know it's you educate them on what you're doing um obviously the level that we're at etc and what we can offer mm-hmm. but it's about what the benefits are for them um what what we can give back give them value for their money mm-hmm. and that's 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 what they're they're, they're really interested in yeah i can i can imagine the uh, now tell us a little bit about the car of course most people will see many uh many cooper s's and many john cooper works out on the road every day but your race car it might be called a mini john cooper works but that's pretty much where the similarities end tell us about it's a pretty sophisticated little car isn't it tell us a little bit about the car and how closely it's related to uh to the british tuning cars for example it is yeah sophisticated that's a, a very good word to use when it <laughs> comes to the car um yeah, so it, a lot of us on the grid just refer to it as a, a sort of miniature touring car, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, the the power delivery, the, the uh, was it 285 brake horsepower. Um, we obviously run slick tyres. We've got sequential gearbox. Um, the car's turboed. Um, yeah, it's it's a fantastic car. Um, as a kind of final step to getting towards touring car level. There's nothing else that comes close to it. Um, it's a it's a real animal, as we covered in our last podcast. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's when, when you're strapped into it, into into my office, it's you really feel like you are in a touring car, you know. Um, yeah, and you're right. The similarities with a a road car completely end with with JCW, um, but I I do love it. I've I've really I've shown as well that I've taken to it well. I've I've adapted and adjusted already. I kind of thought it would be a a longer road, a, a longer journey with myself trying to change my driving style from what I had and what I was used to with the Clio uh, and front-wheel drive because all those techniques have gone out the window um, when it comes to the Mini. Um, I wasn't used to turbo power delivery mm-hmm. um, and that's that's been a massive change for me. Um, the, the, the braking system on the car is... The same as as touring car, as a touring car. Um, that took me quite a, a while to get my head around all that. So much of the time found 
um, on track um, is is done under braking. It's such an, a key part of it all. Um, so the technique with there is massive. Um, power pickup is completely different to anything I've been used to. Um, your minimum speeds and things like that are, yeah, it's been a crazy, crazy few months of, of learning for me. And I did, I, I felt like something just clicked over the, the weekend there. And I feel like I've been driving this car now for, for, for some time, rather than the fact that it was my first weekend in it. Um, so yeah, I, I'm really pleased that I've managed to tame, tame the beast and get it working to how I like. And I've managed to change my driving styles to suit the car as well. So you've two, you, both of you have gelled together. I feel it's like you're, uh, it, you can tell it's a, a race car with personality when you when you talk about a race, you talk about it as it's like a, a a colleague almost for you that you go to you go to work with. It's uh, it's funny. Do you think with the interesting to hear your opinion on this, Ronan? Do you think that? You, obviously, we've had a very unfortunate delay to get to the season start of about four or five months delay. Do you, for, given that it's your first year in the championship, do you, do you, did you going into that first weekend last weekend at Donington Park, did you feel much more prepared than you would have done without that delay? Has it almost helped in that aspect to be absolutely ready to go? Yeah, I did. I, I'll agree with you there, um, because. When we first got locked down, it was actually only a week before we were due to be at the first round. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, um, I wasn't really, I didn't feel very prepared at all, if I'm honest. Everything was still kind of the the last minute rush, if you like. Mm -hmm. Um, It was starting to set in that, wow, this is real. We're now a week away. And then we got locked down. And as much as it was a, ah, oh, I want to go racing, um, how long are we going to have to wait? There was a good outcome to it all, really. Um, and, yeah, going into last weekend, I felt way more prepared, way more relaxed about it all than I did if it had been back in March when it was due to be the, the season opener. Yeah, without a doubt. And I, I think that really helped helped me over over the course of the weekend as well. Yeah, I can imagine. And of course, during during lockdown, of course, getting to the track wasn't an option, even for a long time. Go karting was not, but it wasn't even an option. I mean, what did you what did you do while you're in that lockdown time, and knowing that all your competitors are in the same boat? What did you what did you fill your time with, and what did you think? Right, what can I do to to get ready for the season? What sort of things did you do? Um, so through lockdown, as soon as lockdown get started from the first day, um, obviously gyms and stuff were closed, um, and I've I've just trained every day, sometimes twice a day, throughout the full lockdown period, um, fitness training. Um, yeah, I've I've I'm the fittest I've ever been. I've I've gone. It's a it's a part of me that. It's, it's noticeably different, but people don't actually know, you know, how much I've been putting in away from the circuit as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the commitment, I've managed to to lose 22 kilograms. Um, so yeah, I'm actually. You're joking. Keeping, 
22 no. Oh my word. Absolutely not. Um, yeah, it's visibly, uh, visibly you can see the difference if you haven't seen me for a while, you know. Um, yeah, so so as soon as lockdown happened, I, I was just so focused on on training, really, to make sure I was in the best shape I could be for when we come out of this. Um, I've got my, my sim there, but I never really used it too much because it, it's, it's not realistic, in my opinion. Um, it's good. It can be good fun and stuff, and it's good to be in a race on your simulator and remember what it was like. But you're not strapped into your car in a race situation. Your heartbeat isn't beating anywhere near as fast as it would be when you're trying to set your outright best qualifying lap. You know, you're sat there in your shorts and t-shirt. You're not in your three layers of fireproofs with your helmet on, etc. So for me, it was just about make sure, make sure I was as fit as I can be um, coming out of it, and that's really, really paid off, especially the last weekend with the heat yeah. that we, mm-hmm. the heat we were experiencing, um, and I came away from the weekend had a, a five-hour drive home, didn't even feel tired, um, I didn't even feel tired or, or fatigued after the races, um, whereas I can openly say. When I was in the Clio or test days back at the start of last winter there, every time I got in the car, I was dripping with sweat and and feeling like I needed a, a, a relaxing seat, you know? Um, so, yeah, that's been a, a massive, massive benefit um, to come out of lockdown for me. Um, we've, we also had the car um, with us, so we could make sure that that, was was sweet really mm-hmm. um, but yeah it's been a long few months of not a lot of action really yeah goodness me i have to say i'm still i'm still honestly you, you can't see me on the camera but i've uh my my mouth is uh, my chin is almost on the floor because you didn't have 22 kilograms to spare in the first place but that's a that's an unbelievable amount of weight loss i mean do you in terms of uh, give our viewers an impression about in terms of the weight obviously weight in motorsport is is incredibly important for performance for the for the car does that weight loss of your body weight does that give you just the actual loss of the weight let alone the fitness benefits does the loss of the weight help you and the team to get the car set up better or is that like a kind of free kick over over your um, competitors or or how does that work yeah it absolutely does. So when we, so as a result of the weight loss, for we we had the Goodyear tire test at Snetterton, mm-hmm. and then we had the first race weekend there, um, where we actually had to put ballast in the car. That's something that I've never had to do, never had to worry about, was being on the the chunkier side. You know, it was always kind of we were slightly overweight, mm-hmm. um, with. Um, the, the total weight of the car and me sat in it because mm-hmm. obviously we have weight limits for uh, as part of the regulations mm-hmm. um, but yeah so with the weight I've lost we've had to add ballast to the car and that goes in a, into the passenger footwell mm-hmm. in a fixed point where you add the weight so we're now able to to distribute the weight a lot better because I was once 97 kilos and that was all sat on the driver's side of the car. Mm-hmm. 
and now I'm, I'm down to 75 and we've had to put ballast into the, the footwell. Um, I won't go into the details of, of how much or anything that's secret, but uh, <laughs> you, <Quite right. laughs> it, you can make it work a lot better for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, that the weight distribution of the um, uh, across the car, um, and and then also in the car, and no matter if it's a test session or a free practice session, qualifying or a race, you're it's imperative to have a good stamina because mm-hmm. um, it gets really hot in the cars um, and your your heart's constantly pumping that the blood around you you know um, mm-hmm. these cars certainly keep your heart heartbeat raised a bit more than some other cars as well um, and yeah I, I've really seen the positives and benefits from that um, with increased overall stamina imagine it was interesting on the uh, ITV4 commentary and it's amazing to to think that there's so few sports now that are available on free to air television but the British Touring Cars gets virtually the whole of Sunday to watch for anyone who's got a TV aerial can watch it and uh, Paul O'Neill on the commentary uh, I don't know if you heard it back he was to- he was constantly talking about how tricky to drive the cars are uh, and how much of a handful they are. Try and, from your perspective as the one of, as one of the drivers, try and give us a perspective about what is it that makes these cars so kind of. He he used the word like knife edge quite a lot. What is it specifically that makes them such a handful and such hard work? Um, yeah, knife edge. Yeah, that's a good way to to put it. To be fast in the JCW, you have to be on a knife edge. You can't afford to circulate each lap at 95%. You have to be 100% taking the bull by the horns and you're driving the car. Because a lot of the time it can either be easy to or people might slip into the the fact that the car's doing what it wants to do itself and they're mm. just being, yeah, they're, they're steering and they're using all their inputs, but you can slip into a point where you're not the one driving the car, the car's driving you. And to be fast in this mini, you absolutely at all times have to be 100% with it, um, fully fully committed. Um, yeah, um, I think what makes it quite knife-edge is the cars are very... It's a short wheelbase. It's an even shorter wheelbase than the Clio that I was used to. It's more powerful... Um, they're incredibly light cars. Um, yeah, I think overall the car's very, very lively at the rear end. A lot of oversteer, um, and it's quite difficult to find a setup with the car where you can kind of predict that the oversteer is going to happen. A lot of the time, it's quite snap. It's like a switch. Mm-hmm. You either are having a, a moment or you're not. Um, mm-hmm. Again, I was probably quite lucky and quite uh, privileged with the Clio because it the it was rare to have a big oversteer moment um if you if you have oversteer in a front wheel drive car like the Clio and stuff it's your own driver inputs to induce that to mm-hmm. the, the term steer from the rear is how to be fast in a front wheel drive car and to not chew your tires up uh, as 
as early into a session or race. Um, and yeah, it, it helps your outright lap time too. Um, and with the mini, it's very, it's very light and kind of, you can't afford to be tense with your, 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 your inputs and your arms, especially. Cause if that wheel, the wheel feels constantly light in terms of the way the car's balanced through the corners. Um, and it's a lot of the time you're, what I'm experiencing already is you, you're dancing that car around with your feet, with your inputs on the, that throttle pedal mm-hmm. and brake pedal. Um, but I, I actually really like the car in, in the dry um, already. And that's after only one weekend in, in the dry because we went into Friday without any dry running. Um, but yeah, Paul O'Neill summed that up well, saying knife edge. Um, and there's no, to be honest, it's it's such an incredible feeling when as soon as that first race came about and you, you get off the grid and you slot into into your race position and and into a kind of try and find a rhythm in a race and attack and defend and you can see visibly we're all dancing our cars about bumper to bumper um, a, a real swarm of bees. It's such a big pack um, that you find yourself in. Um, there's no there's no greater a buzz really, mm-hmm. and I didn't I didn't actually take that into account um, going into the weekend. I didn't think about oh what will it feel like to be in that race situation. You just deal with it when it comes. But yeah, it really it didn't it didn't raise my heart rate, but it certainly put a big smile on my face after that first race, that first race simulation, that situation where you're you're bumper to bumper, you're making overtakes, you're defending. Um, it's absolutely incredible. Funnily enough, you took you you, you almost took. I have to think of another question now, Rory, because I was about to say I bet you had a, a a smile on your face in that first race, but that that's that's brilliant. You know, t- tell us about obviously it was a fun. T- tell us about how the weekend went. Obviously, you got three races uh, over the weekend at Donington Park. Tell us, talk us, give us a summary of each one, uh, and then we'll uh, we'll deal with the elephant in the room in a moment. Yeah. Um... Yeah, we'll come to that in a minute. <laughs> to be honest, it's it's amazing. I've got a list of positives as long as a toilet roll from from the weekend. Um, from the Friday morning right the way through, um, we we made fantastic progress. Um, like I've already mentioned, we hadn't had any dry running until um, the the Friday. Um, everything we've done has been in the wet unfortunately, that's just the way it pans out sometimes with the British weather mm-hmm. um, so yeah we went into Friday and really pretty relaxed because as a whole I'm learning uh, my mechanics are learning the car um, you know what to give me setup wise etc um, we went into the weekend with not too many kind of expectations deep down I I always set myself kind of expectations and what I want to achieve on a weekend um, so deep down I knew what I kind of wanted to happen um, but you can never be too sure you know I went into Friday not knowing how I was going to fare against the rest of the pack mm-hmm. um, so we bolted on our our four brand new slicks because that's what we had to do 
with the way that the tyre rules and regulations are for the, for the season. Um, went out for free practice one and had a couple of issues, an issue that cut the session short for us. Um, but first of all, it had been my first time back out on track in, um, I think it was about four and a half months. Wow. Um, so it was a case of getting back in the saddle, back in the saddle and, and trying to chip all that rust away um, that was beginning to build. Um, but I knew I knew from the, the outset that all along I've known how, how massive a step up this is. But I knew from the outset on Friday that it was always going to be a, a tough old road. So I, I did a, a lap time of a 1 minute 18 I think the the top time in the FP1 was a 14 something or a 15 zero. Mm-hmm. Can't remember, but I was at least three seconds off. But you know I was cool with that because I knew that we had FP2. We didn't get the full running that we we could have because of the issue. Um, and I was straight into the the data, um, to learn, keep improving, to see what we could have done better, to see what we could have done better with the car. Um, but it's tough at that point to make to try and make educated changes on the car when, in all honesty, I wasn't still, I wasn't pushing on at 100% like I was come Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just getting back into the swing of things. and Yeah, so FP2 came and we had good tyres, good tyres on the car. Um, and the car was mechanically, was reliable in that session um, and I can't remember actually so much has happened since then I'm trying to remember what lap time I did but there was a substantial improvement because we actually so, so the session had a red flag in it um, and I came in and said to my mechanic um, can I see the, the timesheets showed me the timesheets and I'd only improved by three tenths of a second on my FP1 time and I think it said I was 22nd or something. And at that moment, I kind of, it was one of those, wow, I really need to to push on here, mm-hmm. um, extract my finger from <laughs> an area, to, to put it that way. Um, yeah, so it went back out. It was a pretty interrupted session. It was hard to get a rhythm. Um with red flags and stuff and a lot of traffic and whatever. Um, and by the time that my, I did get to, to really go for it and start trying to maximise every lap, the tyres had gone off and, yeah, it's a, it's a real steep learning curve with the tyre as well. Um, yeah, so we, we, we were positive after FP2 because I ended up doing a respectable lap time for what was only my second time out in the dry in the car and I wasn't as far off as I was in FP1 but again it's it's just a case of right how can I build on this how can I improve for, for qualifying so we went into qualifying um, with brand new slicks on the front and stuff um, and I, I set up on the car that was later after qualifying we, we know that that setup that was put on the car didn't work, which is still a positive thing because it's a box that we can tick. You know, mm-hmm. we didn't quite go the right way, um, but 
at this stage when all of us are still learning, these things these things happen. Um, you win and lose as a team, and as a collective, again, we learnt such a lot, all of us, from qualifying because so I qualified 23rd. Um, can't can't remember the time, the the gap to the top, but it was still still respectable, respectable result. Um, but I couldn't get the car to work for me um, at, at most corners, really. And we knew that we had to make changes for the races. Um, so again, we we found a lot of a lot of things with, with the car that we changed um, for race one. Um, so it started started twenty third, and I dropped twenty fourth um, at the first corner, and from there I knew that what I'd been given with the car was working really well. Um, I managed the tire really well, and I managed to gain eight places and finish sixteenth twi- um, in my first ever uh, mini challenge race out of twenty eight cars. So Saturday night was good, really enjoyable. Yeah. Um, lots, lots of smiles on our faces because um, we needed that result. We did really need that because it had been a a rocky road um, with mechanical issues problems with the car um, we just needed a bit of positivity really and it, was, it felt like we turned that corner for sure um, I was feeling really happy with the car I came in from the race, spoke to the guys and basically said right, leave the car like that because it was brilliant I'd managed to find a total by, by this point, a total of um Two and a half seconds wow. from free practice one to race one, um, and as well as making up eight places. Um, so yeah, it was all round. Race one was fantastic, and the first taste of being in a constant battle, um, constant do- dogfight, bumper to bumper, and I, I excelled really. Um, I'm quite proud of of that for a first showing. Um, and then race two on Sunday morning, um, we obviously the car was, was was the same, and I finished P15. So again, I improved. I moved up up the pack by a place. Um, it was a frustrating race because it was a it had potential to be a lot more, but certain things happened in the race that I'm I wasn't pleased about. But that's that's. That's what what happens. You take the rough with the smooth and find the positives from everything. Um, you know, we'd move forward. I'd move forward um, myself. You know, confidence with the car. The car was sweet as a nut. Um, we, we, everything was working really well, and I did a lap time of a one fourteen point nine, so managed to find a further six tenths, um, and I was only nine tenths off the the fastest lap of the race so it was all so many achievements um, in the space of a 16 lap race um, so positive um, and then yeah race 3 I started off 15th um, and it's a reverse grid race so the the guys, the top 6 guys um, were 
going to be starting lower down, so closer to me. I had faster guys coming through from the back. Not not faster, yeah. Outright pace, faster and more experienced. But mm-hmm. um, So I knew they'd be coming through. Um, and it was a case of just wanting to, to work with all with the guys that would be coming through and try and keep on the back of them, try and follow these guys through the pack, really. Um, and, yeah, we had a really good tyre selection, two fresh fronts, uh, front tyres, because we'd worked our strategy that way to give me the best chance come the reverse grid race. Um, yeah, and it was going really well. Um, positive positive battle had a battle with my teammate um, which was great Um, and again I got a lot more laps under my belt so much more experience um, of managing the tyre and again getting used to the car Um, we'd put new new front brake discs and pads on for race 3 because we needed them anyway Um, but it's amazing just learning the differences with a brand new set of discs and pads on the car. Um, so yeah, it was, it was all going really positively and I was running running in P14 um, at the time um, until lap seven of the race when most of the people listening probably know what happened. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, I'm sure you've got questions to ask me about that, but as a whole, absolutely fantastic weekend and so positive and as a first showing I'm, I'm incredibly proud um, from from the outset again I had no expectations but deep down I outdid myself I outdid my expectations um, to, to have achieved the finishes that I did um, for a first weekend is just mega yeah, I would have to agree with you. I think you you did an, an incredible job. Now, of course, here at lap seven, race three, uh, such an incredible weekend. Unfortunately, due to nothing out of your control. In fact, as we'll talk about, there was the only thing in your control. You you know you did the right thing. Just tell us what's happened that brought that race to an end and the where we kind of stand now, heading towards the the next races. Yeah. So. The, the car burst into flames on, on lap seven of the race um, and obviously led to a retirement. But um, it was quite a su- substantial incident. Um, we've now got a severely badly damaged car um, by it all. Pretty, it was a, a one in a million kind of incident. These things don't happen all the time. Um, but yeah, it, it happened to me, and I think we just have to take all the positives and, and move forward. Really, um, so it's a tough pill to swallow what happened because everything was going so well. Um, but it's for me, it's about how I bounce back now. Um, obviously. It's, it's three weeks time we're out at Knock Hill for the next race weekend um, and this has had a massive impact on things um, you know I'm used to climbing some, some Munro's but this is a real Everest that we all need to climb to to make it back out um, 
not just not just time wise. The the biggest thing is financially. You know, um, my emotions straight after the race, when you see a fire fire ravished car like that, mm-hmm. firstly, yeah, you, you it makes you upset. But I was prepared on on Sunday night that that could could have been the last time for me on that grid. You know, mm-hmm. um, and that's one of the most important things that I'll say to to whoever's listening. If you if you race yourself. You've always got to enjoy every single minute of the opportunity that you've got, um, because it does show you how, in, in a, a click of a finger, how these opportunities can disappear. You know how freak things can happen, whatever it may be. Um, and the biggest thing for us, now that we've stepped up to this level, is about enjoying every second of it and getting the most out of it that we can. Um, taking all the positives from every situation, no matter how bad it is, because um, you know at the end of the day I'm incredibly lucky to be doing what I'm doing, or racing in the in the mini challenge on the grid of 28 on the on the Toka package at the age of 18. So yeah, definitely uh, if you're listening, I think you've got to make sure you enjoy every minute. As a family, that's what we're doing. Um, as a driver, that's what I'm doing. I think definitely the more you the more you enjoy it, the faster you are um, on track. You know, the more relaxed you are, um, rather than being rather than getting angry at things. You know, I'm I'm a pretty calm driver in the car. So yeah, no. But but moving forward, we've got a huge mountain to climb financially to be able to keep this. My, you know, my career going, um, keep the, my dream alive. Um, yeah, it's so unfortunate what happened, but when I'm working really, really hard now to to make sure that this isn't the end of things. Our aim is to be back out at Knock Hill, um, but yeah, t- time isn't the isn't the issue. It's money that is to be able to do so. So yeah. That's that's all I've got to say. Really, that's that's, that's, that's the plan over the next couple of weeks is just to get get out there and try to 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 raise the additional finance. I take it, I guess, to 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 get the car back back to to spec again and get out on track at yeah. Knock Hill. Yeah. yeah. And of course, Knock Hill is obviously it's a, a track that you know you've driven on a lot more than than I have. Uh, but it's a track that obviously most any given that it's the well, the you know centre of motorsport in Scotland. It's not like England where you've got multiple tracks. It's it Knockhill is the track for motorsport in in Scotland, and it's quite it's a unique circuit. I I love driving it. I mean, for you, you know that you know the circuit inside out, and you know particularly with the type of car it is. It's uh, I remember when we chatted all the way back in December last year when you were first testing the mini, and that was the you know that that date at the end of August, not kill weekend. It's a big, big date. It's probably the biggest date on the Scottish motor racing calendar, and mm-hmm. that was already an event you were earmarking as 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 one to really have a have a good go at. Yeah, absolutely. It's the highlight of your season. Always mm-hmm. having a, a home race, um, and obviously, it would usually be with crowds of 30 to 40,000 people on the banking um, that 
will probably be quite a bit different this year. Um, but yeah, no, it's the real kind of one of the, the best weekends of the season. Um, just from a, I don't, I never want to believe in the home advantage. That's not at this level for sure. Um, but just having most of my sponsors there that are Scottish, Scottish based, um, and family and friends, you know, um, everyone that supports me would usually be able to attend and it just something about it just feels special really. Um, you know, working there, um, well, I, I was working there before, obviously COVID and stuff and I can't wait to get back there. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it's a place to work for you and stuff and you've got friends that you work with that work there, that will be working there on that race weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything just feels a, a little bit different. Um, but, you know, I am, I was and I still am really, really looking forward to that weekend. Um, I really hope we can pull this off to get back out. Um, you never want to miss your home weekend. Um, you don't want to miss any weekend. But yeah, so three weeks time, it's my home weekend, and just hope that between now and then, the good things shine down on us. Yeah, we'll keep our we'll keep our fingers crossed and. Of course, uh, it'll be a home race for obviously for for Aidan Moffat, local driver, but particularly for for Rory Butcher, who had uh, who's obviously a, uh, you know a guy you know very very well and is, is had a very good weekend at, at Donington Park in his new Ford Focus. Uh, mm-hmm. I know that you and Rory uh, you know talk talk regularly. Has uh, has he had any words of wisdom for you over the last the last week or so after getting back from Donington? Yeah, that's um, oh, it's brilliant having having Rory um, as a shoulder for, for support um, and his input. I'm sure you won't mind me saying, but we spoke on the phone for like 50 minutes whilst we were both driving home from Donington on Sunday. Um, and, it, yeah, it was mainly me doing the talking and just turning it all into taking the positives, you know, um, to tackle this real bad situation um, just reviewing the weekend as a whole uh, and things um, but no he definitely Rory definitely keeps you positive keeps that positive mindset for sure I can imagine like you say a good guy to, to have in your corner now but before before we finish Ronan of course we uh I'm sure those the people listening will be wondering how to how to follow your progress both with getting ready for Not Kill and the races that'll that'll come after that. How do uh, how do people get in touch and how do they follow you on social media and stuff like that? Um, well, so I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, um, just Ronan Pearson Racing, um, and yeah, I'm, I post like every second day um, between weekends and every day updates from every single session on a race weekend um, so you can keep up to date with all the ongoings between now and then and going forward on race weekends, updates on there um, we've also got TSL timing that you can watch Friday and Saturday um, my progress on that through the, the live timing um, website 
uh, we always we usually put the link up for that as well so people can watch of course we're also live on ITV4 so people can watch the race live um, which a lot of people did on Sunday there um, and yeah it was a strange way to mark my live television debut um, but yeah so, so moving forward people want to keep an eye on things social media all my media pages are the, the place to keep a lookout fantastic now and also a final question before we let you let you go i for, i remember now that i when we had our first chat and talked more about kind of general career when when we chatted back in december i didn't ask you a question that i i, I ask all the people that i interview which is uh it means that you've got a wish from the racing genie so I don't know if you've heard uh, any of the other ones. We've had I actually I had Alan McNish on a couple of weeks ago, and his answer was really interesting. So the uh, the the question is, you can drive in any race in the world, in any any event you like, in any car you like, and you've got to choose one teammate. Who would what what would you choose? I don't put me on the spot, Peter. I don't like that. <laughs> That's my job. Um... <laughs> <laughs> um, any car any race teammate teammate's an easy one it's without a doubt Rory Butcher ah good choice very good choice technically I'm not actually I wouldn't I wouldn't be allowed to say anybody else but <laughs> that is the, the honest 100% the honest truth yep. teammates with Rory um, I think my answer would be the same actually to be honest with you Really? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Um, any car in any circuit or any event, did you say? Yeah, so you could be like Monaco Grand Prix or it could be Le Mans, could be Monte Carlo Rally, whatever you, whatever you think. Well, I think it's easy to, to look at things like Le Mans and stuff. Um, definitely like a Le Mans 24-hour race, um, but... I like to keep things realistic, and and for me, like what I want to do, just any touring car race, um, and it and it's easy to say that, and easy to say any touring car, but yeah, if we want to speak about dreams and stuff, it'd be a Le Mans and at least a GT3 car. And the and and a prop, any particular brand, if you had the free choice of brand. Choice of brand that. I'd be swaying towards Porsche, really. <laughs> but for Ferrari, the Ferrari GT3s are look pretty cool. Um, but again, that's it's, it's difficult for me to actually think about these things um, when I've always had my sights set on on the same thing. Oh, I want to make it into touring cars. It's a totally different discipline, etc. Um, but yeah, as a, a dream thing to maybe achieve one day would would be Le Mans in a GT3 car either a Porsche or a Ferrari so it's you and you and Rory in a Porsche at, at Le Mans I think I think we've got to start up a national campaign for that I don't think that's that far out the question <laughs> <laughs> so if you're a Scottish businessman listening who wants to go to Le Mans we've got a couple of hot shoe drivers for you to <laughs> to share the driving with <laughs> fantastic yeah. fantastic well Ronan, it's been an absolute pleasure to catch up with you and thank you for all your, your honesty and uh, 
telling us all about what I'm sure was a roller coaster weekend. Uh, um, but great to see you get some some good results over the weekend, and all the very best of luck getting the car ready for for Not Kill. And uh, hopefully, with a bit of luck, uh, we'll be there at the on the banks to watch you uh, watch you put put in a good result as well. Thank you, thank you, Peter. Much appreciated.